free advice. 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 Would you like free advice? Free advice. Free advice. Free advice. Free advice. Forever. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Free Advice. Doomsday edition. Here we are. <laughs> Quarantine edition. <laughs> Morgan and I are in our respective homes. We are not meeting up in person as we usually do for the episodes, but we thought it was important to still create something. Um, I've taken a lot of comfort. While respecting social distancing. <laughs> yeah. Um, we probably could get away with seeing each other or being each other's <laughs> quarantine... Partner. Quarantine, yeah. Um, as long as we were exclusive, uh, and right, not right. then socializing with other people and spreading throughout a network like that. Um, I don't know. We haven't discussed this until just now, Morgan. <laughs> Do you want to hang out? <laughs> Do you want to hang out with me and no one else? <laughs> Do you want to hang out with only me? Ooh, that's interesting. Do, do I really have to contain it that way? Yep. Like I can't tomorrow to decide me. that mm-hmm. I want to hang out with someone else. <laughs> you are committed to hanging out with me for two weeks if you do choose to see me. You don't have to see me. But if you see me, you can't see anyone else for two weeks. This seems to really go against our polyamorous yeah. philosophies. Yeah, I'll be honest. Not a good time for the poly lifestyle and the poly philosophy. <laughs> our cause is just not exactly thriving at the moment. However, the I will from say are strong at the moment. <laughs> Although some people are finding monogamy to be too much and they're recognizing that, wow, when I spend all my time with this person, maybe some additional problems arise. Oh, you talking about the China um, story? Yeah, we're talking about the China story and the larger implications in general of just, tell, I don't know. I mean, I've been story. in my, a lot of people don't know. Oh, so I mean, I only have a meme-sized version, but tell essentially, the people about the meme. reports. That's okay. That's that's reports all. Reports are coming out. That's all they're doing. On, <laughs> reports on the TV are coming anyway. out from China yeah. <laughs> about um, divorce rates going up because people have had to spend so much alone time together within their respective partnerships, um, which I find as a single person uh, comical and as an empathetic person sad. <laughs> yeah. It, it appeals to me um, as a storyteller, but my scientific <laughs> brain says, how the fuck are we uh, isolating that cause? How are we determining mm. that that's why? You know, there's a lot of stressors, economic, yeah. health-wise, people's family members are dying. There's there's extremely disruptive event happening right now in China. And to say, oh, it's because they had to spend so much time together uh, might be mm-hmm, oversimplifying. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't seem like a claim that you can make with any certainty about that's the cause of the increase in divorces. Certainly a good right. uh, clickbait title and something that we're repeating right now. Um, yeah. Well, it just gives you something to think about, regardless of if it's true or not. It does mm-hmm. make you think like, okay, how much contact even with the people that I love is too much right now? And and if you are someone who's listening to this uh, and you're with someone else, you may want to think about, okay, am I actually getting enough alone time? And I saw a um, a post on Instagram, because Instagram has really been the only information channel that I'm currently taking applications from. Um, 
you're and just currently taking, taking kind of just applications from? Just meaning like I'm I'm allowing myself to see what's on Instagram somewhat, this. but not really much of anything else. Um, that scared me. I saw a post about uh, people saying like, if you are quarantined with someone who is an emotional or physical or sexual abuser, reach out for support to the domestic abuse hotline. And, you know, that that made me think of it again from just a completely different angle than I was mm -hmm. thinking about it from my world, which is like, OK, I'm alone in my apartment with my two rabbits. I'm deciding what clients to see and not, um, you know, virtually and not. Uh, and that just brings a whole other level of intensity to it that I hadn't even thought of. Um, and everyone who posts about something that I hadn't even thought of, which is so many things, uh, just makes me go, oh, wow, that's another thing. Like I had this thought pop into my head the other day of like, what, are, what about jails? What are jails doing? Like it just brings up all these weird questions. Yeah. Some, uh, some are releasing inmates early. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. here's a philosophical question for you. Yeah. Uh, it's the last, the last man on earth scenario. Imagine that okay. the last other person on earth is your mortal enemy. The worst person. <laughs> okay. It's ever, whoever the worst person in your life is, or you could imagine. Um, yeah. How yeah. often do you see I don't see have them? a lot of mortal enemies. Sure. So, but uh, um, imagine somebody who's just out to get you in every way possible. Right. They are trying to right. Uh, right. put you, make you lose um, mm -hmm. and defeat you. How often do you uh, interact with this person? Is it never? Do you really choose solitary confinement, like like a, a world of no mm. interaction? Or do you occasionally go into battle every year or so, like just for some kind of contact, <laughs> even if it's negative? <laughs> Um, like apparently in prison, the worst punishment I haven't had this is solitary confinement. Like, right, right. The alternative is often all kinds of uh, physical or sexual and mental abuse when you're interacting mm -hmm. with people. Is mm -hmm. it worse to have no interaction or negative interaction? Yeah. As someone who is an introvert, but is also enjoys people to some extent and does tend to get fairly stir crazy with too much alone time. I do think that, you know, for a while it would be okay to just be by myself and you kind of take that with the pros and cons, but then you do this, this internal need for human contact, um, will just emerge eventually with a sense of urgency. I think that hunger or thirst or the need to breathe would. Um, and at that point, yeah, you would have to reevaluate. And I would imagine that that enemy of mine, whoever they are, would be having a similar experience. And so I think we would have to maybe use that that shared sense of just needing each other to find some common ground. I would go for sort of a, you know, the a diplomatic approach of like, okay, how can we maybe use this forced connection that obviously we each need after a certain point to maybe resolve our differences or at least talk about them and, and see if we can create more common ground. They will pretend to work with you only to gain <laughs> your trust to hurt you further. Wow. I, you know, we've, you've, you've presented me with a thought experiment sort of similar to this before, or at least like really? revealed that you have this, not this exact thing, but like you, you have this very real sense of there's someone out there that's trying to get me. 
Yeah. And they're always coming back to this this nefarious intention. Whereas I generally don't. I generally like oh. boil people down to the same thing and that there's resolution and connection that can occur. So it's it's hard for me to even approach this in a vacuum because I'm like there would be something we could connect on. You're trying to get. No. Oh, that's probably why I assume that there's someone out there like that. (laughs) I just have this guy. Yeah, Uh, tell me. His name is Dale, and I was a sophomore in high school when I Uh just overheard him at the food court of the mall one day disparaging Uh a game that I liked, and I've thought about him every day since, and I'm gonna get him. Okay, so if you and Dale are the only two people left, yeah, what does that look like? Well, he's not playing Super Monkey Ball with me, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I'm playing. Doesn't that just say it all? I'm playing either single player or I got a controller in each hand for multiplayer, but that's kind of like a, <laughs> a, a sorry approximation. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. how do you feel about imaginary friends? Uh, for someone who is self-quarantined, uh. people talk to their pets, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't have pets, some people, people talk to their plants. If you don't have mm-hmm. plants, people just talk to things. Later. I talk to myself a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, when I when I talk to my pets, I, I am kind of putting that in as a subset of talking to myself <laughs> as the only human being that understands the words of what I'm saying. Um, I sort of consider that under the bracket talking of talking to, to myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, I used to have an imaginary friend when I was little. Though I think her name was Rose. They do react some, right? Like there's some consciousness you can tell that uh, volume in the pets, or, yes. or tone does affect their reaction a bit, right? Mm-hmm. Is that safe yes, to say? definitely, definitely. So it's kind definitely. of a continuum of like people. I I might understand more of your communication, but there's still some gap mm-hmm. between what you mean and I understand, and there's just perhaps generally a larger gap between. Yeah. The rabbits and me. But That's a great either point. way, you're never really being totally understood. Like what's your your acceptable threshold for being understood by another thing? You mm. might have to lower that in this time. Yes, right now it's very low. Okay. <laughs> um I was talking to someone else about uh thresholds being lowered um as it relates to the online dating world oh, tell um, me which about kind this. of brings us back to the topic that we were talking about before of like what is polyamory doing in this landscape i'll tell you <laughs> we're online <laughs> okay um what y'all yeah doing on there? i well um it's a lot of just sort of opening conversations with people that you're you are curious about um i had someone who you know, was, hadn't answered me on one app. And then on another app was like, well, since I'm quarantined, I'm going to tell you my life story. So that was an interesting bit of data where I had previously decided like, okay, obviously this person doesn't want to talk to me, but then we matched on a different app and he felt then felt that he had the time now to, (laughs) to tell me everything. Um, so I think people are more eager for connection. Um, even if it is just, virtual um and different people are kind of coming out of the woodwork for different things um do you ever um look at love with the uh view that everyone is just saying i'm scared to face myself will you hold my hand while i do it not in those exact words but ideologically definitely 
Yeah. Yeah. And the the quarantine situation too. It's like, who am I going to let in to brave this with me? Because, and that, that's what I was going to get back to the point about like kind of lowering your threshold or lowering your standards for who that person is, what they look like. Um, what ground do we have in common? It suddenly becomes more about just who can I connect with at this point? Which I, is interesting. I think that we should provide some context because I'm just now realizing that we both live in Los Angeles, follow the news mm, regularly. Mm-hmm. Not all our listeners mm-hmm. may do that. Um, today is Tuesday, St. Patrick's Day, March 17th, 2020. And uh, the city of Los Angeles has closed down all bars, uh, nightclubs, restaurants, gyms, theaters, um, non-essential mm-hmm. public spaces, essentially. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, the White House has recommended people not gathering groups larger than 10. Um, and the current like consensus amongst our friends, I'd say, uh, actually, I haven't discussed this with you, amongst my friends, is uh, <laughs> people should be staying home, that like you shouldn't mm-hmm. go out right now. San Francisco just uh, asked people yeah. to uh, w- take shelter um, mm-hmm. at home mm-hmm. and... Um, it's not clear how long this is going to last earlier, like within the last week, it seemed like, all right, this is for the next two weeks. And then I heard two months. And then mm-hmm. yesterday the president said this is going to last through like July or August. Um, Fuck. No, he doesn't know, but this, <clears throat> I had read reports that uh, the coronavirus does not um, seem to be affected by heat or moisture. It doesn't seem to be killed by it. So there's no reasonable mm. expectation that summer is going to just solve this for us. This could be something that we're in for the rest of the year. Or, you know, this could be like a, um, not take the entire decade, but could be like a decade-defining event in the way that September 11th was and the fallout from all this. I, th- I think it, it's safe to say that this will it be. It will be, yeah. yeah. I uh, I had a team meeting for one of my jobs uh-huh. uh, last night, and it was actually really nice to just connect and and get together in a group virtually again and and talk about okay how is everyone coping with this and and getting a very like again realistic kind of picture of like okay what's the reality of not just our individual lives but lives but this business in this landscape and and defining it really as a new normal we're just in a period of pivoting into what is the new normal now yeah so I think that like as as podcasters, as as every chapter of my life and every facet of everything that I do, I'm searching for those answers of like, okay, for now, what's my new normal here? For this podcast, maybe us recording in this way is the new normal. Um, unless you commit, you know, mm-hmm. unless commit I commit to fully to you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There'll, I'm not sure I'll, I can do that. I'm going to get down on my <laughs> knee. There's going to be a little a ring involved. Oh, my Lord. Um, I am optimistically hoping for a sexual visitor. So I'm going to have to say TBD on your proposal since since we would be non-sexual quarantine partners. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. I mean, I would love to spend time with you, but if you need exclusivity right now, I can't give that to you. I think it's wise. (laughs) I mean, think about it. Going to a gathering of 10 people versus seeing 10 people one-on-one in the same week, 
functionally the same. So like, mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. start getting slippery with these lines. I don't know. It, it, yeah. It, there's so much game theory to this. So the current mm. theory that I'm working under, which uh, maybe you're not, is um, everyone should behave as if they already have the virus because you wouldn't know if you did. And mm-hmm. the like mm-hmm. the war, humans versus this virus, our best strategy is to like stay apart. If, if everyone were to not see another person and not, not spread contact with another person for two weeks, we would win. Um, and it would be over. Mm-hmm. So that's not going to happen. That's unrealistic. But we can, like, I could I could survive not coming within six feet of another human for the next two weeks. I have enough food. I have way, you know, I could go to the store and self-check out if I needed to. Or I could even just fast. Um, a lot of people can't handle that. But I am mm-hmm. trying to behave that way as if I already have it. Um, I don't think that I do, but... Uh, I believe most people my age or a lot of people my age are asymptomatic and spreading it. And that's how it's grown. So that's the order I'm trying to follow. I think if I quarantined Mm -hmm. for two weeks straight and didn't have any symptoms, then I might be safe in picking a, um, uh, a wife, (laughs) a sick wife. I'm going to, I'm going to dub it right now. (laughs) You have to find yourself a husband or wife. And uh, that mm-hmm. you both have to be quarantined for f- fourteen days first. It's the new reality show. Kind, and then <laughs> after your breakup, you need a period of two weeks. Whenever that inevitably happens, because you get on each other's nerves after like one day of being in the same house together, you have another two weeks yeah. of solitude, and then you're allowed to pick a new person. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you about something that's semi-related to this, but not really? When you word it like that, how can I say no? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I really want to tell you about um, my very recent virtual sexual encounter. All right. I Um, I can mm -hmm. handle it. Okay. (laughs) From from what perspective are you struggling to know if you could handle it? Just the kids listening. (laughs) Not that I'm going to be jealous or anything. Okay. Just okay. like, you know, okay. are are we going to release that kind of adult content? I think I think, I think we always do. A fair <laughs> amount of euphemisms. As long as you say things like whoopee. Um <laughs> As long as you use 1950s game show standards. Yeah, just dial it back a couple generations to what what was dirty talk like back then and everyone would okay. be okay with it. But if you start using like the aggressive what 10 year olds are saying on TikTok right now to each other when they like fuck each other's eyeballs out of the sockets, then (laughs) (laughs) we're going to offend a lot of our older listeners. So (laughs) So please dial it back. Uh, I could say there wasn't any of that. Um, Eyeballs both in. But yeah, so eyeballs both in. Um, Yeah. I just, I had a very nice, very satisfying. I just really wanted to provide a data point on this, which is like there is connectedness and mutual release that can happen still without actually physically contacting someone. Mm-hmm. Um, it for just for those, for those of us listening that may never have had an experience like this, or maybe like, what does that entail? Is this for me? It can be for anyone. I highly recommend. Um, and it's also actually what the digital realm recommend? is a, I highly recommend using the digital realm 
to <laughs> suss out. <Sorry>. What? <laughs> what? Are you, are you, you're acting like you're opening a portal to the digital realm. <laughs> Never heard you call it that. Like it's some other world, like you're going to have some ceremony where you're going to burn some sage and you're going to access the digital realm. Is that what it's like when you get on your phone or your computer? <laughs> So I set up, I set up my keyboard. I set up my screen. Yeah. yeah. Tell me I summon yeah. the Lords. <laughs> okay. Who are these Lords? Well, you don't need to get into details. Uh, I'm trying to protect their identity, but can you give, uh, 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 let's say that I'm somebody who's never had virtual sex before and I'm curious right, about it. Right. First question. Yeah. That's exactly I, what I want to handle. How yeah, do I ahead. find a person to do this with? Great question. So, Assu- yeah, um, where do I look? Do I just okay, text so, all my exes, "Hey, you lonely too?" <laughs> that's one that's one option. That's one option. Is um, that acceptable? So yeah, there's you can it, it have the rules anything changed. Anything is acceptable. Anything is acceptable. Anything is acceptable. Your favorite rule, Rob, is that it's okay to ask if it's okay for them to pass. So, this means okay. you can is put it a- the you can uh, cast your line in a pool of Previous connections, you can cast your line in a pool of new connections. It's it's up to you. It's up to them. W- what I wanted to say about the quote unquote digital realm is that it's a really safe space to test out your boundaries because if someone crosses your boundaries, they're not in the same physical space as you. So there's a somewhat of a safety to Counterpoint. that. Counterpoint. Um, if your identity is protected. Counterpoint. Unsolicited sure. dick pics. Problem or no? Um, I have had problems with that in my life. Yes. But not in dating so sort of like with murders it's always someone you know and someone you think you can trust that's going to send you that unsolicited dick pic whereas the the the, at least my current filtration system for or vetting system for who i'm interacting with online everyone has been very polite i've never gotten an unsolicited dick pic i have solicited dick pics but um yeah no it's it's Especially when you're in a community um, like the polyamorous community or the non-monogamous community or even the kink community, these communities that I think a lot of people from the outside think, oh, these depraved, uh, sexually crazed individuals actually are really big on consent. Do you – What? Sorry. uh, I don't mean to uh, interrupt the PSA on on poly people being big on consent. Some are. Some aren't. You know, I'd love to characterize this as positive, but there are, of course, people who identify as poly that are uh, behave in damaging ways towards others. Um, Of course. uh, When you get a dick pic, I'm just trying. I've I've Mm -hmm. never received one. Okay. uh, Yeah. What can I tell you about that experience? I'm wondering, do you Zoom? Is there like... If we had an eye scanner, are you looking mm-hmm. at the balls? Are you looking at the head? Are you kind of scanning up and down as if um, you were like optically massaging, stroking this this <laughs> picture of a dick? What is it like to yeah, look okay, so I'll at tell a you. dick as you? I'll tell you. <laughs> if you just if you just shut the fuck up, I'll tell you. <laughs> Actually, I'd prefer to imagine what it's like to look as a dick, <laughs> look at a dick as you, than to hear from you. I don't you. want any woman's actual experience. Can I just want to ha- see it can, from my male perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I just please imagine what it's like to be a woman and not have to listen to a real woman about it? 
<laughs> It'll um, make me feel better. <laughs> so, okay. So I sort of, the, the way that I do it is almost like personifying the penis. Like Ooh. you imagine the head to have sort of, you know, like a human face. It's kind of where to me, it's my focal point. Like where am I looking for that point of connection is like yeah. the head. Like what's, what is, what is that? Is it kind of a cyclops? Part communicating. Like where the urethra opening is the eye? Mm, is it a cyclops? I would say it's not like I'm really particularly looking at that part like I would with eye contact. Like so I'm car. actually going to say, I'm going to say it's the ridge. I'm going to say it's like the ridge of the head. That's the eye? Um, th- that's the eye line. Like that's where my eye most mm. settles. Okay. Um, and then, yes, it's up and down. It's like a, I'm doing a sort of sizing calculation and trying to understand, okay, relative to this person and, and the, their size, w- what would this dick be like relative to me if it were in the same space as me? I'm trying to like – Ooh, do you want really that to be com- subjective? develop a three-dimensional is – Is a photograph that includes references such as like a quarter – Near the base of the shaft, so that you the, re- can get the most a sense common reference would be their hands, or if I know how big they are. Yeah, but their hands are also subjective, right? Like you might not be that familiar with the size of a person's hand, especially if it's someone you haven't met. Which it depends if it's someone I've met or not. Per- yeah. Meeting someone in person is it mm-hmm. more exciting to receive a dick pic from them? Say you haven't seen either person's dick before, somebody that you've met in person versus somebody that you've not. Does that affect? I things? think this varies person to person. For me. I'm more excited about a dick where I know it's connected to someone who I already have a connection or attraction to. Mm -hmm. I'm always more interested in that dick than a dick that's a question mark because I feel more safe, like allowing myself to, to sort of be attracted to it Mm -hmm. or like allowing myself to like be vulnerable in my sexual space with it. If it's something that I already like, okay, I know who this is connected to that person. I have an emotional connection with, um, which was the case for this particular encounter that I'm sort of referencing. Do you think that there is a sweet spot for how much you know a person and that you could know them oh, too much for a dick yeah. pic to be uh, enticing? Like, is there kind oh, of yeah. a range? Oh, yeah, for of, sure. Of the things that you could know about a person from a scale of zero to 100%, where do you, uh, mm-hmm. where would you guess the percentile of uh most intrigued towards dick pics. 65. Lies. Once you know 65% of things about them. Mm, I don't know. I, now that I'm saying that I'm like, Oh, it's probably less. Um, because I think that it's more about the, once you know a certain percentage about someone, it's, it, it means that there's a level of familiarity mm-hmm. and familiarity and like sexual attractive, attractedness, you know, that kind of, it, it starts to the curve starts to go up and increase and then it and then it goes down at a certain point where, mm-hmm. you know, you're really familiar with that person and they're sort of familial in your relationship with them. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be as excited to sort of undress someone, so to speak, that you've had many encounters with that, you know, them in and out. And then, and I'm speaking just for me. Maybe someone's listening and feels like, nope, I am as sexually attracted to my longtime partner as any potential new person that I would only have 25% data on fucking cool. I want that. <laughs> I'm envious of that. I think that has uh, more to do with a fear of the other in that person's mm. case than like 
then uh, it's just by comparison. I, I think that it's pretty natural. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's the way that desire works. That you need to have some yeah. amount of mystery or um, separation from the person to mm-hmm. project desire into. Like there needs to be some empty space that you don't already have mm-hmm. that question answered. It, it, it's a, a question, not yeah. a, like a finished statement. A period. Um, yeah. I'd like to uh, shift into some questions back Let's to do the it. Uh, crisis at hand. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. How does a person know if they're overreacting? I've heard a lot of discussion about whether we as a country are overreacting or not. Mm-hmm. What's, mm-hmm. A, what's the appropriate reaction? Um, I think that a couple answers, because those are kind of separate questions like the 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 answer to the most recent question you asked is what's an appropriate of what's an appropriate reaction i think that anytime there is crisis or trauma or some you know a death there is no appropriate response everyone is going to have whatever emotional response they're going to have and there shouldn't be a prescription necessarily on what's appropriate or not however are some r- responses more appropriate than others I was going to say, though, if you are sort of finding yourself very overwhelmed, emotionally reactive, stressed, on high alert, it's responsible to try to calm yourself down and contain that before almost psychologically infecting others. But if you if you have someone you trust that, you know, can handle that level of panic in you and maybe helps you regulate it. Great. Open up to them. Um, but I do think that those that that shared panic can really we call escalate and infect much quicker than <laughs> a virus because it can happen virtually. In the um, BDSM community, we call those people scream sponges. What? In, I said in the BDSM community, we call those people that can oh, no, handle I your heard panic you. scream sponges. Ah. Okay, I've never heard that expression. I don't consider myself a part of the BDSM community. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> I also made up the term scream sponge. <laughs> Pretty fun. <laughs> okay, I you know, the BDSM community does have a lot of vocabulary is one thing that I'm learning from like online dating and new spaces yeah. is like, wow, there's a lot of terms for shit. Um, oh, I don't know barely any of them. <laughs> they're leading the revolution in in human intimate interactions. I think mm-hmm, if you mm-hmm. want to see they're where certainly writing the dictionary, the mainstream is headed in ten twenty years. Look to the BDSM community of today. Mm. Yeah, that's quotable. That's quotable as shit. Thank you. Um, so is, <laughs> so is Scream Sponge. <laughs> I think it's important for people to pick their Scream Sponges wisely and um mm-hmm. to also recognize your limits of being somebody else's scream sponge like how many yes. screams you can must you have a absorb? scream sponge you you if you are absorbing other people's screams you must have a place a designated place or to person ring yourself to scream of at. your screams yeah. yes yes um but let's go back to the question okay. of how do you know if you're overreacting um i would look for the physiological response um, because to me, an overreaction is like an over excitation is that excitation, whatever the, yeah. the excessive energy, uh, that comes from uncertainty, allowing 
thoughts to just kind of run rampant. You can often find that your heart rate has increased. Your breathing has become rapid and more shallow. You can feel a global or localized within your body sense of alertness uh, and panic or uh, just kind of extra irritability or touchiness. All of those things are signals that your your emotional state is heightened. So you may just want to be a little skeptical of the thoughts that you're having, just challenging them like, hmm, okay, I wonder if maybe this is, <clears throat> excuse me, I wonder if this is maybe wrapped up in my body's sense of panic or my nervous system kind of heightening the stakes. And maybe I would be better served by slowing down my breathing you know, extricating myself from what's what's creating that panic. Like if you're finding yourself reading the news or something and you're you're elevating, turn that off, turn the volume down and just be with yourself. See if you can slow down the pace of those physiological responses and then start to bring in a sense of, okay, now what feels different? Do I think, am I thinking differently about this? Am I approaching this with more groundedness and stability? Hmm. I like, uh, I like the alternative approach of acting mm-hmm. through the, like expressing the energy, whether you're, mm, if you're cooped, yeah. if you're pent up inside, it could be like doing as many burpees or as, you know, dancing or jumping jacks or something like getting getting moving with the energy that you feel that like uh I haven't been doing mm-hmm. this but it sounds more appealing to me than like <laughs> trying to slow my uh internal reactions and like calm myself down what feels like oppressively mm-hmm. like that that feels like a form mm-hmm. of self denial to me um mm. and one that I think I've been doing through distraction um mostly like by focusing on news YouTube videos of news reports, reading discussions online. Um, I have a, uh, since we've, we've seems like we've taken uh, similar positions to how severe this is, but I may be on the side of advocating additional caution, slightly more conservative than you are at, at this moment. Mm-hmm. What, mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay, I, I'd like to run a thought experiment with you. Um, if you knew that you had the coronavirus right now and that you were likely to infect other people that you came into contact with, how would your behavior Mm -hmm. change from what you're doing currently? And Mm -hmm. then the follow-up is what would have to happen, um, for you to start acting that way without a test that confirmed that you had it? Like, um, okay. So if I felt that I knew that I had it. I knew that I was infected. Mm -hmm. Um, I would not be investigating the possibility of, uh, you know, discussing with my clients individually, like, do you want to have an in-person session? Mm -hmm. I would not be discussing that possibility with, uh, you know, any intimate partners. I would migrate my interactions to virtual only, Um, 
And yesterday I did have a moment where I, I had one of those like, oh my God, there's a tickle in my throat. Do I have coronavirus? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't see anyone all of yesterday. And I knew that, you know, I had a couple of impending potential personal interactions and I was going to just monitor. Um, but yesterday I rested. I uh, ate well. I drank a lot of water. Um, and that tickle that I was noticing completely is gone, which is certainly not to say that I think that because I'm asymptomatic for coronavirus that I can't transfer it to other people. Um, However, I also do think I'm in presenting a sort of devil's advocate opinion. I know that uh, the people that I'm interacting with are not immunocompromised. And if we did infect one another, we have the capacity to take care of ourselves at home and not overburden the healthcare system. And I do think there, I tend to live my life in a more, okay, I'm taking a calculated risk uh, kind of way. Mm-hmm. I know that there is a very real uh, sort of selfishness or denial of potential other outcomes uh, to that mentality. And I try to be as conscious of that as possible, but also try to be conscious of, okay, what, how am I, how am I helping another person by having an inter- in-person interaction sure. potentially? Right, um, there's a cost benefit. And how am I, I helping myself? It's a cost benefit analysis. So what would um, need to happen, yeah. um, in your life or in the news, uh, in order for you to uh, make a hard cutoff of anything mm. that you do that could infect another person or could uh, you could receive an infection from another person? I'm not that far from that line. As I said, I was sort of towing it yesterday. Um, Can you imagine an event... Um, that would prompt that behavioral change? Um, I mean, yeah, I guess it would have to be somewhat of like, okay, what am I experiencing with my body? Am I, am I expelling germs at a rate that I can't control of like coughing and all that stuff? Obviously that would be symptoms of coronavirus. Um, I'll, I'll give you a, I I don't know. Go ahead. For many, I think the uh, turning point has been, known contact with somebody who has known recent contact with somebody who has tested positive um, Mm -hmm. has forced a lot of people like uh, Senator Ted Cruz is now in isolation for the second time. Mm -hmm. Um, I could see currently we don't have easy access to testing. If that Mm -hmm. keeps up, I could see as more and more people announce or disclose to people in private that they are testing positive um, m- multiple like resurgences of okay, I'm I have to cut off all contact because I could be a mm-hmm. carrier, and mm-hmm. if you can't get testing without symptoms, then mm-hmm. the nature mm-hmm. of this is still like all right. Well, then I should do the responsible thing and uh, keep this from spreading. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen, I've, I've heard from people live and I've seen posts from people that are saying, don't do it at all. Like don't risk 
you know, the lives of people who are elderly or immunocompromised, all of that stuff, Mm -hmm. like stay inside, stay to yourself. Um, And I think that there's a complete fairness to that. I think that that's a very valid assessment. Um, But I also, I also think there has to be somewhere where the line needs to be drawn of like, okay, but like some risk can be assumed. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's, maybe that's the most inconsiderate thing I could ever have said in my life. Um, But I also see validity to some, some maintenance of normalcy or human contact when it seems low risk with people that are not immunocompromised, not exposing themselves to immunocompromised people. Um, but again, could be, that could be, this could be the thing that gets me canceled for the rest of my life that I'm saying those words. <laughs> no, I, I think that it, uh, it's a matter of timing and, uh, there are people like still this weekend, there are uh, governors, you know, the governor of Oklahoma was out to dinner with his family and saying mm. like, this is uh, still go out to eat, support your local restaurants. And like, mm. it's two days later now. And, um, I think that right. that's quickly shifted. Um, yes, this last yes. week, the, like, um, the world has shrunk, uh, mm. rapidly. It feels like the realm of possible, possible, uh, acceptable, social behaviors, um, has just vanished. Um, every day Mm -hmm. it's like more and more activities Mm -hmm. evaporate things that are planned. And so I think that, um, we're on the cutting edge of that being in a big city and being young Mm -hmm. people who pay attention to, I I don't know the the right way to phrase this is, but I, I, I think, um, are better informed, like, are less easily fooled. I, I do mm. think that we're being fooled by a lot of things, but um, th- so Donald Trump was late to the party on this. Uh, I think it's pretty clear that he and people who are just using him as a news source um, are behind the curve of uh, necessary action and in, in recognizing the severity of this. And um, if somebody had was asleep for the last week, you would have a lot to catch them up on, on how things have changed like every day it seems like that things get a little bit tighter so um mm-hmm. that this is coming out tomorrow uh might you know you might already have a different opinion by the time that people are hearing this a hundred percent yeah things are so minute to minute that it's like okay well now we have to adapt to this and okay now we have to adapt to that and that that definition of what is the new normal just keeps shifting and shrinking as you're saying at the moment so here's um a related question that I think I, uh, this is just my question. How much Mm -hmm. should I watch the news? (laughs) How much should I seek updates from the outside world? Is it constant? Should I, should I do it with every waking minute and fall asleep with my phone in my hand? Um, I think that there is, as you're pointing out with that, um, sort of extreme example that, that there is a very wide spectrum of what's possible to do. Again, pointing back to that, there is no appropriate reaction Mm -hmm. because there just is no script for this. Like so many things in life that are difficult and confusing um, and constantly evolving. Um, It's 
very much about your personal, emotional, psychological bandwidth, physical even, bandwidth for how much can you take on. I, in general, tend to be someone who shuts out or has a very, very low bandwidth for news, politics, that sort of thing, because I am someone who uh, my livelihood and, and functioning is dependent on me remaining highly sensitive, highly empathic, highly caring and invested uh, and deeply. And I am extremely alarmed <laughs> by what comes from those sources, and it really disrupts my ability to function normally. Um, that may not be the case for everyone. It may be, you know, to varying degrees. And so I think this is a really good opportunity to take internal stock of what feels right for me. Mm. And maybe that's something that you've done to some extent since the political climate has been so frightening and polarized, but maybe it's time for an even more uh, fine tooth comb in terms of the volume of information or the sources of information. Um, that being said, the drawbacks to that are isolation and not having the most up-to-date information, being out of the loop, which I've gotten pretty comfortable with because I just kind of walk out and I have this disclaimer that I don't know and sometimes I don't care. And if someone feels really compelled to share something with me, like, great, then then that tells me information about, that helps me to see them more clearly, mm -hmm. less Maybe less so even than, okay, what does that tell me on a global scale? It's more about, okay, what's important to this person about sharing this with me? Um, mm. And so I think it's about balancing those inputs versus outputs and uh, monitoring, okay, how much is too much? Um, and so where can I scale back? How can I take better care of myself to rebalance from from having that kind of information uh, constantly being fed to me. And, you know, with my background in art therapy, a great way that I would recommend to uh, balance the, the intake is to express and do a doodle, sing a song, do something where you're allowing information that you've processed to some extent just out of mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. Release it out into the air. <laughs> um, and replenish the space that you have inside of you to contain new information. Yeah, it's uh, taking a shit. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm eating a lot of fear through my eyeballs mm -hmm. and ears, uh, mm -hmm. watching the news, reading people's projections. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of taking a shit on the microphone right now, I guess, with you. That's, <laughs> that's basically what this podcast yeah. is. Um and I'll be honest, I'm glad that we're we're doing it. This feels better to me. I, I wanted to avoid this mm -hmm. and just be like, oh, we have an excuse to do nothing this week. Mm. Um, but now that I'm here, I'm happy that I'm doing this. I haven't checked my phone for the last almost an hour that we've been talking. And that probably, that's the first time that that's happened today. I have a, wow. a specific recommendation for this. Oh, what? The yeah, checking the phone please. every hour? That's not even that, that doesn't require coronavirus, but... <laughs> the extent to which that's true is uh, greater today. Um, I think it would be like wise to check the news only at moments where it uh, could affect my behavior. 
So instead right, right. of um, just leaving the stream on or kind of what I've been doing the last couple of days is uh, do a little activity and then be like, oh, it's been a while since I've refreshed Reddit or um, gone on YouTube and clicked the latest uh, videos from CNN or whatever. Um, I don't need to do that until I'm about to make a decision that uh, risks other people or myself. Um I think a daily check-in would be a good practice. Uh, preferably, mm -hmm. I would say the best time of day might be before dinner. Um, mm. So that there, I don't need to, because doing it first thing when I wake up is a bad, um, it just puts me in the headspace of, all right, well, I'm going to keep checking it. It starts me anxious. And doing mm -hmm. it right before sleep runs the risk of uh, keeping me awake and, you know scrolling in bed for an indefinite amount of time, stress eating, um, all of those like, uh, that shit can come easily at night and, uh, push me towards sleeping in late. Um, I think once a day before dinner, if I can handle that for a confined period of time, maybe mm -hmm. a half hour, um, will be wise. I don't really trust myself to do that, though. I don't think I'm going to do it. I think it's just an ideal. <laughs> why? Um, Tell me why you can't. What challenges are you having? I think I don't uh, see it as important enough. And it's the, the risk-reward proposition that emotionally is just there's too great of a pull towards that surprising, <gasps> did you see? Like that feeling is so attractive that um, I don't really think that I'm going to avoid the news all day until right before dinner, even if that's my ideal. Mm -hmm. It's just like in the moment I'll get bored or I'll get, I'll just crave it. Uh, it's, it's an addict. Mm -hmm. It's an informational addiction. Mm -hmm. And I haven't yet connected the um, cons of that, the drawbacks of that type of behavior. I, I don't really suffer from that rock bottom enough yet for me to mm -hmm. like really want to conclusively change my consumption patterns. Maybe in a couple of days, maybe in a couple of weeks I will. And I'll be like, all right, I need to fucking mm -hmm. get this news addiction under control. But uh, at the moment it still provides me with that, that rush of, you mm -hmm. know, the rush I got telling my friends being the first one to like see that, Oh, the mayor of LA just told us all the restaurants and gyms are closed. Like I, I got to be the person to mm -hmm. post that to the the group me group with my friends are on. Like oh, and here's what, my moment to shine. Yeah, it feels like a moment to shine. It feels like a time to be an expert or an early adopter. Yeah. Is that accurate? I yeah. think so. I, I think there's something more to it than that. Even if even if I wasn't telling anybody it, it it's not that I need to get credit for being the first person to inform others. Um, it just feels good. It provides like a little bit of certainty, like something new to process. I need to, mm. to grip with my brain when right now uh, a lot of like emptiness and question marks. Here's an answer. Here's a, mm -hmm. a thought that ends in a period instead of a question mark. Mm. That's a really, really good insight. And I think that that's another thing that I would encourage anyone 
to do who's listening to this or not. But they, of course, if you're not listening, you're not going to hear me encourage you to do this. <laughs> but you get encouraged to, extra hard. <laughs> I'm going to send them the encouraging vibes out into the webs, uh, into the just, digital realm. Just yell it loud enough and maybe somebody who's playing it through a speaker, it'll, it'll <laughs> blow the speaker and somebody who wasn't yeah. listening before um, will hear this part. But just to interrogate just beneath that layer of what is the compulsion? What's behind it? How does it serve you? What kind of, <clears throat> who is it allowing you to be? What role is it allowing you to play? <clears throat> I think it's really interesting. It can uncover a lot about our value systems. Yeah. And, and point to ways that we can get those values um, to be met by other, other mechanisms that may be healthier. Mm. <clears throat> What's healthier? I don't know why I'm so coffee all of a sudden. What's healthier than checking the news? So I, I guess there's not anything inherently unhealthy about, about it. It's, it's managing the dosage. Like we talked about before, it's like, okay, how am I balancing it with other things? If watching the news makes me feel panicked, disconnected and angry, what can I do to make me feel calm, connected and appeased or soothed or, uh, I don't know. I don't know what the direct opposite of anger is. Mm. Um, released. Um, it's it's monitoring. Okay, what else am I connecting to? What other sources would would be a counterbalance to this? Because again, mm -hmm. it's like it's not inherently unhealthy to watch the news at this moment, um, and to the volume that people are doing it. Yeah, by and large, it is. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I'd like to ask another question. Please. All kind of in the same wheelhouse. Um, this one comes from a Reddit user, Modeled Jenga Pro 44. Um, I want to be productive, then I'm not, and it makes me feel mm. bad. Is it okay to do mm. nothing right now? <laughs> mm. Yeah, that is such a good question. I thank you. I, have... I made it up. There's no <laughs> Jenga Pro, whatever I said. <laughs> um, well, I think that I think it's important to just start by acknowledging that, like, a lot of us have that exact same question, and I don't think there is one right answer for any one person for any one person at any one time. Um, I would direct your ear inward for signs. Do mm -hmm. I need to rest right now? Is my body tired? Or is my body numb? And maybe I, I could benefit from doing something, inviting, inviting something else in, uh, creating something. Or... Do I really just kind of need this opportunity to rest? Because I think for a lot of us, that's somewhat of the case is like we're chronically overworked and overstressed. And this is forcing us to confront that. Um, that being said, I also deeply understand the desire to channel into channel it into something productive. But it's like, OK, what's the right kind of productive? How can we redefine what's productive to be? what's healthy for me right now in this moment. And that will change hour to hour. Um, but it's like that continual checking in with yourself to find out, 
okay, what's the answer right now? What different options can I explore? And if you start to go down one route, you can always reroute. Like if you're like, okay, I'm going to give myself permission to do nothing and to just sit and be. Maybe that feels good for 15 minutes or 30 minutes. And then you start kind of getting an itch. Mm-hmm. And maybe you meet that itch with a renewed sense of, okay, I'll do something now. And that really will genuinely feel good. Or is that itch a signal of, okay, this is another invitation to go more deeply into rest. I don't know what the answer is for any individual person. Um, and it's continually tuning into, is my body affirming, yes, this is what it wants to do when you present different options to it? Or is my body or my spirit or my internal guide saying, ooh, no, having resistance to it in a way? Um, and learning your own personal signs and signals through a process of <laughs> vast trial and error is a really, really important tool to navigating any potential future question or situation. Yes. I agree. And, uh, how I want to know how you specifically have, Hmm. yeah, do whatever you're tempted to do. (laughs) I just want to hear from you. (laughs) I'm tempted to, to, uh, avoid the, like, fear is an avoidance emotion. I have fear of fear, fear of anxiety. And I want to, I think I'm avoiding those by being on the phone so much, mm. playing video games, whatever the, the thing is, watching the news even is like kind of a, a type of avoidance of me asking the, the question, me like sitting in that silence. Um, mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. been very, I, I, I've, I, I meditate every morning when I wake up and I've mm. pushed that back <laughs> for longer than usual. <laughs> The last couple mm-hmm. days, I'm like, do I really need to today? Like, ah, fuck it. I'll just like start doing things. Uh, I, I've recognized more and more resistance um, in myself. And um, mm-hmm. I saw a uh, kind of like a closing speech on the Chris Cuomo show on CNN. He's one of their newscasters with a gruff voice. I believe he's um, the New York governor's brother. And uh, he was making this war metaphor, which Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders, I think, also made at um, the last debate on Sunday, that uh, we've entered a war with this virus, and I'll just expand upon it. I feel like I've been drafted and that everybody has, whether you're a young adult male or not, doesn't really matter. Um, mm-hmm. And the, th- the way that we fight the war is really to do nothing like if you Mm. starting at the extreme of like whatever position you're in right now if you didn't move from that for two weeks would you be okay like what would you'd be covered in poop and pee you'd probably die (laughs) die of dehydration so Mm -hmm. you do need to at least get water that's like the the one thing that I'll, i'll concede that a person has to do but um, mm-hmm. he made the point of like people who are worried right now, he was kind of talking down and that like, come on, you're a bunch of babies. Like you spend, we spend all of our time trying to set up our Netflix and like our, our home entertainment and make everything very easy for ourselves and comfortable online um, and like having all the media services that we do. And now you're just being asked to stay at home and like do that. <laughs> 
it's not that it's not like you're you're being sent to Vietnam. Um, mm-hmm. So like, just do that. Do your part to fight this by like being very considerate. Um, and so mm. I think that on the one hand, I want to be like a. I'm kind of doing it right now by stating my views on these things. Like this is severe, and I'm trying to in, like educate other people on the severity of it because it's been ramping up over the last couple of weeks and I didn't take it as seriously a week ago as mm-hmm. other people around me. And then they convinced me that like, no, no, this is serious. Radically change your behavior immediately. Like you start sacrificing right. more things that you want to do. Um, yeah. Um, I, so it's okay to do nothing basically. Like um, I'm trying to give myself that permission. Mm-hmm. This is my question. Um, the things that I'd want to do are to say like, I became a piano virtuoso or like I journaled the story of my life or I read that epic book that I said I'd wanted to be doing or I like redid my apartment and everything like I can recondoed everything and like to have some story that like proves to other people Mm. that I took proper advantage of this opportunity and didn't waste Mm. it. That's um, something that I'm battling with right now and losing that battle. And I think Mm. um, my first like shame isn't a good motivator for me in these situations it just uh makes me identify with like oh i'm uh not doing what i'm supposed to do so i must be like a loser a coward or whatever name and then i just continue Mm. to to behave in that way so i'm trying to start with like a it's okay for me to do nothing for as long as this lasts i I, uh i'm scared saying that out loud right now but um like people are going to die if I don't properly educate my parents or like check in on mm. certain things like that. But I, I think this is kind of a test of like, are you okay being inactive? Um, it's a little free advice for all listeners. I, I've heard a lot of people talking about whether to go travel, be with their family right now and right. like parents summoning their kids home. I think it's a terrible mm. idea. It, I, <laughs> I get the impulse, like if this is going to last a long time, you want to be with your family and you don't know if you're a carrier, like that's, that's going to make it worse. If everybody flees, if all the young people flee to the elderly people right now, also, I don't need to go there, but plenty of people might, (laughs) might idealize what it would be like to be home (laughs) and then find that you're actually, uh, gonna need to or, or, or end up escaping or seeking more social interactions because you're around your parents um, yeah I really want to speak to the main thing that I heard and okay, what you said that? which is that all of this internal rationalizing and wondering boils down to what am I proving to other people about mm-hmm. how I spend this time it, it's it seems like well, You're I'm being not asked asking, a lot. Are you also? Mm, are people saying like, "How are you dealing? How are you doing?" Um. Yes. However. Yeah. I have orient. I mean, and, and I'm I'm not trying to say like shame on you for not doing this <laughs> because <laughs> I go in and out of being able to do this. But yeah. at the moment, I am I am happy with what I am doing, and so I don't really care what someone else thinks about it. Um. And I think it's more of like how do I move the needle toward getting more authentic with what I actually want for myself? And then that internal sort of 
pride and settledness about it kind of comes into play versus hmm. how am I calibrating thinking thinking out to that external layer of when I'm asked about it. If I'm if I'm deciding what I should do based on what am I what answers am I going to have to the people that ask? You're not looking at what you really need. That's my opinion. I think um, yeah, that, but I see a lot of that. Yeah, um when I hear you use this language, I think it's dangerous right now for people to widespread be thinking like that. Um, like, I think that this is a time for shame to be active in the, uh, like, mm. to control people's behavior and uh, for people not to be thinking of themselves first. Um, I, I mean, I, I mean, when you're thinking about questions like, okay, am I going to become a, am I going to force myself to be a piano virtuoso versus am uh, I going to, so, go to the grocery store and cough on everyone. Right. Do different questions. <laughs> right. Well, um, here, my answer to this question then is, as long as I'm not uh, sharing fluids with other people in the broadest mm -hmm. sense, um, mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter what I do. It, there's degrees of quality I could like, get really fat and be very inactive during this time. And then it's just going to take me longer to pull myself back out of this or like potentially um, ingrain some habits that will, I won't kick after whenever, you know, this, this fall or this, who knows how long this will last. Um, mm -hmm. But like it's, there's two categories of, of bad <laughs> fit. Like there's the relative bad of like, okay, I didn't, um, really feel good today because I was trapped in a like uh, addictive consumption cycle. But mm. that's, that's acceptable compared to um, fighting for the other team. Like, like uh, picking up a gun and, and joining the viruses caused by like going to a party or, you know, uh, right. Unnecessary contact. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to speak to that, that internal battle of how can I optimize how I'm spending my time? And mm -hmm. I think that that is symptomatic of the same mentality that on a cosmic level we're being asked to pull away from in terms of like, we have to this is not true of everyone because some people are fully expected to perform their jobs uh, with no interruption. But for people whose whose lives have been sort of paused and their duties, so to speak, have been paused, I think it's a radical like opportunity to uh, disconnect from identifying with ourselves as productivity based beings to 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 reconnect with okay what what are the beautiful things about the human experience the beautiful things about the human experience are not my 9 to 5 job they are being with loved ones taking care of oh, myself no. feeling being love and connection <laughs> at the top of your list <laughs> listen the only loved ones the only loved ones you may have right now are myself yeah. And so maybe it's about deepening your relationship with yourself. Maybe it's about creating mm -hmm. more space around how much time can I spend by myself without going nuts? How can I offer a different type of attention? How can I build a skill set that I'm able to ignore 99% of my life? Um, mm. 
I think there's potential for us to really reevaluate what is necessary and what is not in this capitalist productivity based all of my self-worth is my paycheck kind of I think that's a very unhealthy dangerous um, slippery slope and so for the people who have the opportunity to disconnect from that doing the deeper work of okay what does this mean how do I now value myself how do I now get in touch with my bigger priorities and reorient my life to some extent um, to to be in better alignment with those versus just you know doing doing the tasks that someone above you says you have to do yeah i uh i i have that voice in my head that says this is an opportunity to do all those things and to take a proper perspective on life and i forgive myself for not doing any of them for as long as i want i i don't have Fuck to, yeah. to use this time to uh get a better perspective on life to do to, to do any of the work um if i want to watch movie if it's if it's movie marathon i'm trying to forgive myself (laughs) for that that's okay just so long as i'm not Mm -hmm. infecting other people i think uh yeah it's okay to to avoid the bigger questions right now and Mm -hmm. i wonder like here's here's the resistance in me is Mm. the um baseline level of fear right now going to cause people to um if you're say you'd want to do the whole life reevaluation thing where maybe you change mm, your relationship mm-hmm, change mm-hmm. course of your career is mm-hmm. that like extra conservative just um rightfully extra conservative mind state going to um color people's plans in a way that mm. they won't mm-hmm. be sustainable or they won't actually be chased like will it cause people to just choose safe things um, if you're planning on doing any like big life figuring out stuff right now. Um, yeah. So well, if you want that excuse, it's there for you to avoid <laughs> <laughs> all of your planning and, and determining like everything may be seen through um, dark gray glasses right now. And everyone needs something different. Some people need to have a time of being steeped in a doomsday philosophy. Some people need to... Uh, feel what it feels like to be really restricted. Some people need to scramble to think about, okay, how can I think about different channels of income? I I don't think like, like I said from the beginning, there isn't one prescription. That's the right thing for every single person. Um, I can only really point to here's what, where I see opportunity and here's where I see value coming from the perspective that I have and offering that as an invitation to anyone who that resonates with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, I can really only speak to like my, my experience and my experience right now is more disconnected than it normally is to some extent. Do you have uh, anything that you'd recommend for people who are looking to, um, escape in some way, something to Mm. occupy themselves? There's this podcast, Mm. which hasn't really giving you much of a not too escapist (laughs) in some ways though like (laughs) listening to someone else think about it for you is kind of a way Mm. of escaping your own thoughts or like driving that narrative yourself sure you know you get to judge them you get to like um yeah i have one um Uh, i have a couple yeah go ahead something that helped me a lot after a breakup i i I think Mm. that that's like a good place to look 
for um, sudden loss of connection, what did you do in those times? Think of the worst breakup of your life. Um, what were the things that you leaned on and what did you learn from leaning on that? Did you do it too much in some ways? Were there costs of that? Um, so mm-hmm. that's just like a general question for you, the listener. Um, one thing that I loved uh, while driving, while I kind of in the background, it's uh, first off, it's okay to avoid feelings sometimes. You don't, mm. it, like that, that's a controversial maybe in um, my ideal is often that like, oh yeah, you should just face feelings when they come and like, it's okay to do some avoidance. Um, it's a bandwidth, que- it's a bandwidth question. Yeah. 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 You only have room for so much at, at any time. So like, yes. it can yes. be okay to delay things until later. Um, if you do mm-hmm. it your whole life, then you may end up dying alone, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> or just living a life that alone. isn't what you wanted it to be. Yeah. Yeah. And then having regrets. Never even the having yeah. wants or being aware of them. Um, mm-hmm. So that is dangerous. But at the other end, if you do want to avoid things, which I'm saying is okay to do, especially now, um, aside from avoiding the uh, threat of being in large groups of people, um, don't avoid that thought. But uh, it's this uh, comedy radio show called um, That Mitchell and Webb Sound. I'll I'll post a link to the episodes. Um, It's these two British guys just doing sketch comedy that works in an audio format. So there's a lot of these episodes and it's just kind of, it's absurd. It feels a little sophisticated because they have British accents. I don't know. I, I like <laughs> the feeling of listening to uh, comedy and with that British tone. So <laughs> I'm going to post a yeah, link to yeah, that yeah, in yeah, the yeah. episode description. I think those are great. Um, that's a, a lovely escape and just reminds me to, even if I'm not like in a laughing mood, it doesn't have to make me laugh to give me that little like just bit of joy that might even be unexpressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That surprise uh, itch that I want scratched by the news, it can give me just like a different way of like, oh, there's a surprise because I didn't see that unexpected twist in this little comedy, you know, like three or three to five minutes each sketch, you know, like of Key and Peel mm-hmm. or something like that, but in an audio format. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's mine. Um, maybe you had time to think of something that you recommend. Yeah. Uh, so a couple or... things that have occurred to me. Yeah. What? Um, I sent you this link yesterday. It was something that I just, someone in my network passed along of uh, virtual tours of museums. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't click that. Let me, that's okay. It was just sort of like building a little resource pool. Mm. Um. And that is available at travelandleisure.com. It's called Stuck at Home. These 12 famous museums offer virtual tours you can take on your couch. Um, And the other thought I had is, which I haven't really looked into it myself, but I'm sure it's out there, is like live webcams of cute animals or things like that where it's just like, oh, all I want to do right now is watch a puppy. I'm sure that still exists. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And I think watching animals activate something within us that's very primal and comforting. Um, so I think that's another thing that I would recommend um, as an escapist kind of um, avenue. I love it. You've uh, made Sick. me want to get a webcam. <gasps> <laughs> yeah. I thought about doing that for my rabbits, but but nah. 
<laughs> I don't have a bunch of like extra income I'm throwing around on like yeah. something that's I mean it could generate income of course I could start doing that oh, yeah. um, and it could Going be something that I could log into money. when I want to check on them uh-huh. um, so maybe I'll change my mind on that uh, but for like now no bunny webcam <laughs> okay <laughs> um, All right. if I have time yeah if I have time maybe I'll start with that yeah <sighs> yeah Oof. All right. How you feeling at the end of this thing? I feel good. I'm I mean, smiling. I good, good. Fuck yeah. I mean, I came into it feeling good. Um being that my career is providing emotional support, I mm-hmm. feel extremely valuable in this <laughs> strange post-apocalyptic world. Mm-hmm. Um and I've been thinking about different ways that I can provide support uh remotely. Um, and if you're interested in that and you're listening to this, that is accessible or will be by the time this is released, um, at morganbeard, uh, dot coach. So I'm offering a guided meditation for managing quarantine stress and, uh, a lot of the practices that I recommended here of going inwards and just seeing what information your body has, as well as discounted remote sessions with people, um, And I'm doing a Facebook Live, which is something that I had never done before the quarantine, but just had I saw a beautiful example of of a community that I'm in doing doing that, offering an ecstatic dance live experience that was virtual. And I was really inspired by it and just thought, you know what, I can just open myself up live sitting in my living room, you know, with my sweatpants on and and just be there Mm -hmm. for people and, and provide both myself with that sense of value and connectedness and anyone who wants to take advantage of that. Um, and so, yeah, my, my Facebook page is Morgan Hill beard, which is my full name. Um, so if, if anyone's looking for that type of, uh, non escapist, um, route, that's where you can find me. I'm going to check um, out your online offerings. I, I, I want to see. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'll invite you onto the big screen. <laughs> my big projector yeah. on my wall. I'll see a, a six foot version of your face in my living room while you're in your Dude, sweatpants. Fuck yeah. I'm going to see what fuck that's yeah. like tonight. And- Yes, good. Every night after that. <laughs> yeah, the live recordings will live will live on um, oh, after no, the I'm live. I'm doing it live. Event ends. Oh, okay, okay. That's fair. That's within your rights. <laughs> I listen to um, your voice recorded enough with this podcast. Enough. Yeah, there's so many different ways to do that. Um, and if you're listening to this and thinking you want to get in touch with us yeah. in a free advice way, you can always reach us at freeadvicepodcast at gmail.com, whether That's it's right. questions, comments, any kind of feedback anything we totally welcome it um and look forward to getting the chance to communicate with you Mm -hmm. she said it guys that's it (laughs) we're gonna keep we're gonna keep this up um yep that's my plan so you'll be hearing more from us as this develops and uh if you're feeling alone you're not alone in that Sleep tight, everybody. Okay.